This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in roughly 20 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? Good. I'm excited for this episode because unlike the stock trading competition where you are handsomely beating me, yeah. I feel like this is where I get my vengeance and... Re- em- emphasis on handsomely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I get it. <laughs> so, at the start of the year, 24th of January, made some bold predictions and chose two stocks that uh, we thought would be stocks of the year for 2019. Yeah. We've decided that this is a good opportunity as it's the end, well, we're well past the, the first quarter of 2019 calendar year. Uh, we're going to review what those stocks were and uh, have a bit of a look at a discounted cash flow and evaluation for both of them uh, and see who at the moment is coming out on top. So let's get <laughs> let's get stuck into it. Yeah, we are. Who wants who wants to go first? Well, uh, we'll save the the winner to last. We'll save the best to last. So I'll go first. Okay. Um, not uh, not giving anything away, but uh, unfortunately, my stock of the year pick has gone down. So I picked Costa Group. Yeah. Uh, they are Australia's one of Australia's largest. Um, Horticultural companies uh, produce fruit and veg. Uh, some of their main categories are berries, mushrooms, and citrus. Avocado. Avocado is a big one as well. You, you loved your smash avo, so yes. you'd be all over that. Yes. Uh, and uh, as people may or may not be familiar with, it's tough to be a farmer right now. Yes. Between droughts, bushfires, hurricanes, everything, it seems uh, the, the weather isn't kind and that is affecting these companies and these farmers. Um, if you've been into Coles or Woolies recently, the price inflation on fresh produce is extremely noticeable. I have certainly noticed in broccoli. Yeah. Holy yeah. moly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that obviously affects these, uh, these companies as well because if the price is going up and people might be paying more for it, uh, that might give a short-term bump to their uh, revenue numbers. 
but eventually people will stop paying that much and stop buying it. And also, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help their profit numbers as well because mm. the cost yeah. to grow it uh, is increased. So uh, that has affected costers. Uh, on January 24, when we released the episode, it was trading at $5.41 a share. Yeah. Uh, as of today, uh, April 14, when we're recording this, uh, $5.07 a share, which means it's down 34 cents or 6.3%. Down 6.3% in three and a bit months. Yeah. And so, what? can you just remind me why you decided this was going to be your stock of the year yeah so i uh right before we picked it actually fell a lot more it fell from memory about 20 percent or something in a day from about seven dollars 40 to four dollars 50 um so in percentage terms that would be something like 37 percent fall in a couple of days uh, and that was after they announced the market um that they were going to have some difficulties in uh, a few of their key areas, uh, their few uh, fruit and veg lines. So I that that was sort of mid-January and then that's when we were looking and I was like, market may have overreacted here. I think there might be a bit of mean reversion coming and I still think there might be. Uh, it just hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got in and it's basically traded – it's traded more or less flat, but it's just trending down a little bit yeah. recently. Um, so, look, it is a really tough time to be in the fresh fruit and veg business, mm. and that may not change anytime soon. Mm. But if there's going to be a type of company that is able to uh, withstand it, it's a company with uh, you know a lot of a diversified portfolio of assets and a decently strong balance sheet that can. Uh, withstand this pain and hopefully yeah. come out the other side stronger than ever. So you're still bullish? Oh look long term I, I think it's an it's an interesting company. In terms of beating you in this stock of the year, I'm not confident. We'll get to your uh, update in a minute. Uh, but I think Australian agriculture it's is has some uh, competitive advantages. I think yeah. it's proximity to Asian markets, I think the arable land we've got, um, I think companies trying to uh, produce and and export some of this stuff are in a pretty good position, and I think Costa's got a decent portfolio of assets to try and do it. Yeah, agreed. I think it's a good company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they could uh, pull their finger out and help me win stock <laughs> of the year, then that would be great as well. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone from Costa is listening, uh, take Ren's advice. Yeah. So, okay. Still a long way to go, though. Still a very um, long way to go. So anything's possible. All right, Ren. So you've done Costa. My pick for 2019 uh, was Baby Bunting off the back of our, the episode that we did in our summer series where we did a bit of a deep dive into it. Um, and they have been kicking goals somewhat since. Uh, when we released the episode on the 24th of Jan, it was trading at $2 and... 13 cents. Uh, since then, it's trended up, had a few good days, a few bad days, but overall, it's up 21 cents or 9.86%. Wow, so, pretty solid return. Um, you would absolutely take that. Again, probably should have put money where our mouth is, but uh, I don't have any money in baby bunting. Do you? I don't. No. no. So, they've been performing well. Um, some numbers to call out and 
it's an, it's a number that we've spoken about before in retail, and that's comp uh, comparable store sales growth uh, for their first half. They had comp growth of nine point five percent, which for retail is pretty decent. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, so total sales were one hundred and seventy-seven point seven million, up seventeen point two percent on the corresponding period. Uh, their gro- gross margin is up um, thirty-four points or two thirty-four point six percent, so pretty decent margin as well. Uh, and their profit income is up twenty-two point nine percent to sixty-one million. So performing pretty well they paid a dividend of 3.3 percent uh cents uh and they are giving a guidance that for the end of 2019 fy uh their ebitda is going to be between 25 and 27 million so we will see what they report coming into the second half of this year yeah um i guess before you go on the thing that i'd love to know if i was thinking of investing in them is their same store sales growth is up 9.5 percent I'd love to know what that is normalized for all the companies that have gone out of business because, you know, like is, is, the, is the company itself doing better or do they just have less competition? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good call out. And-, and look, potentially it doesn't matter what the answer to that question is because if they are the only people left and they're getting that business, then great. So be it, yeah. But I guess also long term, you know, there, there are less physical competitors, but but if you if we apply a longer term lens to it, the competitors are still there. They're just online, yeah. um, and if baby bunting aren't improving their offering, aren't improving their service levels, and aren't uh, delivering for their customers, and they're just the last person standing, well then will they be standing that long? Yeah, very very good question, and. That's what I was trying to think when we were doing this discounted cash flow to get a bit of evaluation, like how truly sustainable is their growth rates that they're seeing at the moment? How how real is it, I guess? Obviously, if you read through the uh, the, the presentations and comments from the CEO, they're, they're very bullish over the next sort of three to five years. They see this is a real opportunity for them to grow online, for, for them to capture, as you were just saying, the markets that are now uh, have been left by their competitors who have gone out of business. But, um, you know, there's certainly going to be a point where I guess they capture it and it's a matter of then how can they grow that market once they once they capture it. Yeah, and for people who aren't familiar with what's happened to the uh, baby industry, the baby goods industry, yes. not, not selling babies but <laughs> selling goods for babies, uh, we did a deep dive in it in our summer series. Um, we have a look for that in the podcast feed. It's a pretty fascinating case study at the moment. Uh, baby bunting has really, well, you couldn't say they've Stephen Bradbury it because they were the the biggest player in the field before. But literally, you know, there were their four biggest competitors all gone. have shut stores and gone out of business. Yeah. They are just cruising to this dominant position. Yeah. yeah. So if. You'd almost expect then if they weren't able to be getting the numbers that they are now and weren't delivering what they are, then there's something wrong. Yeah. Seriously wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ren, they're trading at uh, $2.34 or whatever it was, $2.34. So, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to throw a few figures into a discounted cash flow calculator online. Um, anyone out there who wants to have a crack, we're just using one on moneychimp.com. Um, not just sponsored. To, not if, sponsored. If yeah. a particular discount cash flow calculator wants to sponsor us, we are open to it. So this is essentially a model used to determine valuation of a stock. Um, won't go into too much detail. We can go into that later. But uh, Ren, I'd, I'd like your input into this because um, 
there's a lot happening in the retail space at the moment. There is. And it'd be interesting to get your thoughts. So, particularly around growth assumptions. Yeah. So, for for uh, Baby Bunting, they're giving guidance for next year of uh, sales growth of about 35%, okay. um, which is rather large. But uh, so let's do, look at growth assumptions. So the earnings are expected to grow at a rate of, I've put in 7% annually yep. for the next two years okay. before leveling off to an annual growth rate of 4% thereafter. Yeah. Uh, and that is with a discount rate of 10% yeah. because of the market and an earnings per share of 0.08 cents or 8 cents. Um, and that comes out at a valuation of a dollar forty-seven. Okay. So it's currently valued, uh, currently on the market at two dollars thirty-four. Yeah, I think I think the thing there is the two years is that's a very short before it gets into the terminal growth period. Okay. I think normally you do five or more. Okay. Yeah. So why don't you so change let's that? Let's see to, what happens to five. To five. Yeah. So $1.58. Okay, it didn't change that so much. Not a, not a massive difference. Yeah, there you go. If I put in 10 years at 7% for the next 10 years, it's coming out with a valuation of $1.78. Yeah. Your, um, your discount rate is, I mean, 10% is, it's not crazy, but... You think too high? No, no, no. Uh, not necessarily. But um, that, that's what's keeping the number low as well. Mm. Like if, the, if, you, if you did it and you said the discount rate, like the risk-free rate is actually, you know... Four percent or something, then you would, your number would be markedly different. True. So there you go. Coming out of dollar seventy four at seven percent annual growth for the next ten years, which I don't know if that's sustainable or not, but uh, certainly over the next couple of years, you would expect it to grow more than that. Um, so yeah, dollar seventy four. There you go. Overpriced. So I've done a similar thing for Costas, uh, and it is currently trading at five dollars and seven cents. Um, so earnings per share for the last financial year, seventeen cents. Uh, earnings are expected to grow, I said, 7% annually for the next 10 years and then a terminal growth rate of 2% thereafter, um, which is essentially inflation. Uh, and I said the discount rate was 7% uh, and it came out at a value at $5.17. Oh, so pretty on par. Broadly in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. So from a value perspective, uh, Costa seems like it's... Well, I think there's a few things in there. So one is that the earnings per share last year won't be... Oh, it's an open question how close they'll be to the earnings per share this year because mm. in the intervening time, they've had this market announcement, the share price fell 30% and it's you know hasn't really rebounded that much. So you know, if you halve those earnings, then everything changes from there. Um, 7% growth rate, potentially a challenging environment to achieve mm. that with, you know... Um, the cost pressures involved in their business and um, drought and stuff like that, um, and then the discount rate of the um, you know seven percent. You know, if you up that to ten percent, then yeah, true. the value will be lower. Um, so I reckon we'll do a full episode on discount cash flow yeah, at some point. Definitely. But but in a nutshell, all you all you're really asking is what what's the value of this uh, company in relation to the other investment options out there, and in particular, as a value investor who, you know, the main thing is you don't want to lose your money, is um, what's the what's the risk-free rate of return that I can get and how does this investment compare to something that I can get without taking any risk? Yeah. Which is usually government bonds. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I agree, Ren. Very uh, important to understand the discounted cash flow, especially if you're a value investor and we will 
endeavor to do an episode on it. I think it's a really good idea. Basics 101, break down discounted cash flow. Um, so we were just using one online, very easy to find. Um, and you can have a play around with some of the stocks that might be in your portfolio as well. So I think, Ren, for the first time ever, we've actually come in at under 20 minutes. Have we? Yeah. Oh, not bad. So, unless well, you want to waffle for another do you, five. Do you want or... me to talk about discounted cash flows a little bit more? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, look, let's, let's call it there. Um, you're beating me well and truly. Yes. Um, but I'm beating you in the next top trader competition. So, yeah, you know. so maybe you're actually a more of a short-term trader kind of guy. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> there you go, despite <laughs> what you think. <laughs> All right, Ren, we'll, we'll leave it there and we will um, see how these pan out over the next couple of months, probably check in at halfway mark maybe Yep. Um, and see, see where we're at. But until then, we'll chat next week. Sounds good. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Equity mates. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. This episode is proudly supported by Vanguard Super. Vanguard Super's life cycle investment option is brilliantly designed for ease, automatically adjusting your investment mix as you get older. Okay, so Ren, what does that actually mean? It means that you can rest easy knowing your super is in steady hands. Vanguard Super leveraged 45 years of global investment expertise to automatically de-risk your portfolio leading up to and during retirement intelligently designed to focus on growth investments in your younger years and gradually introduce more defensive investments as you age, decreasing your investment risk as you near retirement, all without you having to lift a finger. Nice. So head to vanguard.com.au slash super to explore Vanguard Super. Vanguard Super Proprietary Limited is the trustee of Vanguard Super. Read the relevant PDS and TMD available at vanguard.com.au slash super and consider if a product is right for you before making any financial decisions. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.